Welcome to this special edition of Keeping It Real. Panel discussions with entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who have shared their business stories in our guest blog and join us on topics trending in business. This month, our guests are powerhouse entrepreneurs and savvy connectors who believe in building a network. They've encouraged a following, created opportunities, and continue to foster win-win relationships. Our topic is community impact, building a network. Each of our guests will share their experience on the importance of networking and building a community that creates new opportunities. And I'd like to introduce you to our panel. Debbie Van Camp joins us from Calgary, Alberta, and is co-owner of the Connected Business Women's Network in Alberta with over 1,500 members. Sabrina Victoria is the queen of time from Boca Raton, Florida, who has built a five-figure network of individuals interested in becoming a better version of themselves through Human Better 365. And Jeffrey Feldberg is from Toronto, Ontario, co-founder of Deep Wealth, an organization that helps you reach your full potential when selling your business. Welcome, everybody. Hey, so good to be here, Trish. Thanks so much. Yes. You know what I really love is that I'm sure like you, we've all been reading these articles and various different publications about the power of networking. And we all know that we've now been able to develop these international networking opportunities because, you know, we've got all these global folks in our network and we're being introduced to new people every day. So I'm going to ask Sabrina, you've got this powerhouse collective with various different groups of people. Was it something that sort of organically happened or did you actually set out to start building some of these wonderful groups? I'm going to be totally honest. I'm, I'm going to say organic. It was not something that I set out day one planning. However, um, I do incorporate it into my story um, as far as the importance of networking, the importance of collaborating now more than ever. I think community is the catalyst for any um, company, brand, entrepreneur ever in the world. Yeah, I totally agree. And now your network is now global, correct? I mean, yeah. it started off probably being very local and regional, yeah. and now you've gone kind of worldwide, right? Yeah, 100%. And how do you attract some of these people in the global community? You know, I um, it's funny because people ask, how did you start this? What happened? And honestly, I just started dropping cold into DMs. I mean, some of the... Um, you know, the ride or dies that are by my side now, I've never met them. And I literally dropped cold into their direct messages, just asking like, Hey, do you want to be a part of this thing that I'm building? I don't even know what it is. And granted 50% of them were like, you're crazy. Um, and the other 50% were like, yeah, what, where, tell me all the things and jumping on calls. Right. And it's been so interesting their perspective on like watching, right? Because when I first started talking, there's all this big vision, big things. And I'm sure on the inside, they were kind of like, cool. <laughs> but now, you know, I talk to them and they're still on my panels. They still come to the events. They're, we're doing a 16-hour conference um, next Saturday. Um, and they're literally like, I can't even believe 
what this has become. And right. they're really starting to see the vision, which is cool. Right. Now, Debbie, your group um, is actually sort of centered on the province of Alberta, right? I mean, you've got a group in Calgary, you've got a group in Edmonton. And do you find that within the women in those uh, two different cities, because they're quite, you know, a distance apart geographically, are you finding that they're collaborating? I find that um, it's interesting because, I mean, the highway between Calgary and Edmonton, for those who don't know Alberta, it's about a three-hour drive. Mm -hmm. But we don't find that that highway is, is driven for CBWN. We also find that the groups are very different. So in Edmonton, they like to have an evening social um, and, it, and there's a lot of competition in that market. We are all live events. We did go Zoom. We had to pivot like everyone else. But we found that after in-person was allowed again, people didn't really have that um, craving to be online anymore. Right. And so there's lots of great groups that they still attend online. And Calgary is different. We have a, a very um, unique group that meets at lunch. It's about two and a half hours. And it, it's incredible how different the cities are. It's almost comparable to say, if I may, like Ottawa and Toronto, right? Like it's, yeah. uh, um, Edmonton is very government. It's, it's quite different. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. We've been in Edmonton for six years and we've been in Calgary for 14. So. Wow. Wow. So the group obviously started in Calgary. Now, Jeffrey, you've got a really unique situation because folks come to you when they're getting ready to sell their businesses, right? So clearly a network becomes really important because you're trying to find buyers for folks or help folks come up with the right formula for selling their business. So when you're building your network, do you find that you have just as many people who are you know, quite happy to continue to expand and grow? Or are they only coming to you when they're looking to sort of make that transition to something new? Patricia, it's a great question. What we're really proud of with the, we call it all these fancy terms, the Deep Wealth Nine Step Roadmap, it's for business owners, they're doing double duty. We help them grow the business. And at the same time, they're preparing for a future exit or as we call liquidity event. So, and a lot of the times they don't even know that they're preparing for the liquidity event. So when they show up, when they're ready to sell, they've done really two things. Number one, they've grown the business. So they're now bigger, they're more valuable, they're more profitable from the nine-step roadmap, from the strategies. And because they're prepared, they won't be a statistic. Up to 90% of liquidity events fail. Right. And of the quote-unquote successful ones, business owners are leaving 50% to over 100% in the buyer's pocket and don't even know it. Right. So do you find that it's within their network that they actually sell their business or is it, it an introduction, you know, so that you sort of put the word out there and then it's an introduction from somebody else? You know, as business owners, we get a lot of things right. There's two, I'll call it fatal mistakes or myths that we buy into. And the first one is the skills that built the business are the same ones to sell it. Absolutely not. Yeah. How do you master something you've never done before? And the second myth is business owners. And hey, I was there the first time with my company when I said no to the seven-figure offer and then developed the system 
and said yes a few years later to a nine-figure offer, it's not our responsibility as business owners to know who the buyer is going to be. And if we say, well, it's going to be the competition, not necessarily. And that's why step six, advisory team, we really recommend you find an investment banker. They're going to cast a very wide net, not just any investment banker, a very special type, an advocate of an investment banker. Right. And more times than not, we don't know who the buyer is. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah. And you, so there, so that's, that's is actually an extension of the network, right? Because you need to network within another network in order to, um, you know, be able to sell your business from your point of view. But, you know, in terms of the, and I'll leave the floor open to whomever wants to discuss this, but how often do you find, you know, we've all got in inboxes that are like, you know, just going crazy with emails, right? Like too many newsletters, too many, you know, and I love, I just wish I had all the time to sit with a cup of tea or a glass of wine or whatever at the end of the day and read everything. So how do we communicate with all of these people in these wonderful networks and make it valid? Has anyone come up with a secret formula? I'll, I'll leave the, it open to the floor. I mean, has anyone got a way that you can connect with the people in these wonderful... We build the network, but then how do we communicate with them? Yeah, I'll throw something out there. Yeah, we, we developed a very high-tech, uh, high-end kind of system and uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Not not really. It, it's old school. You know, the, the best way that we found anyways for us to grow the network is really one person at a time. Hey, what's your problem? How can I help you? What's keeping you up at nights? Maybe I know someone who can help you directly. Or maybe I know someone who knows someone that can help you. Or maybe I can figure out how to help you. And it's really one person at, at a time. We don't believe in you know mass marketing, throwing yourself out there, and they don't really know you. And we also don't believe, just to you know, throw another myth out to pasture, I don't believe any person is self-made. There, there is no self-made person. It's, it's a community uh, around us that really does. And my, my success isn't from me. It's from the people I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, people, right. mentors, and, and other people who just went out of their way to, to help. And, and so for us, it's how can we help you? How can we solve enough people's problems that over time, eventually we can you get what we effort. want because people are getting what they want. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sabrina? I mean, you've got people globally. So, I mean, that's a challenge. How, how do you communicate with folks within your network that's meaningful to them? Yeah. Um, as far as the email box, I have learned to set boundaries around things. And one of the first things that I do when I jump on the calls is just let individuals know, like, if you're going to take my email address that I signed up with this calendar link, that's fine. Um, but I might not stay subscribed. So I do say that just because there was this guilt that I would feel all the time when I hit unsubscribe because there's just so many. Right. Um, but I do a lot what, um, what, what, what was just said as far as doing one-on-ones. I mean, every right. single person that drops into my group, I run my group on Facebook, uh, gets a direct message from me. I do my best to, to um, get onto a one-on-one -on -one phone call with, with each and every one of them. However, I take it even a step further and I run events, panels, conferences, virtually, continuously throughout the year. And this allows us to be able to jump on to consistent calls, just like what Trish is doing here, where you can really dive deep into what each person is doing. So you're networking, you're collaborating, um, you're getting to know, you're building community all at the very same time while we're each building our business. So we're all showing up as an authority while we're also learning about each other. And it really helps this expansion idea of, which is the exact analogy I give, 
um, standing on each other. So really building what I see as, as a structure or a foundation or a pyramid of individuals who are voicing what they do and then allowing people to connect um, with them as we go along. No, Debbie, in your case, you've got these wonderful ladies who are meeting in person. So you're not doing as many virtual things as you were in the past. So do you do some kind of follow up with with everyone after the event? Because clearly you want to keep everybody engaged and those who couldn't attend. um, Do you do anything in terms of a newsletter format or an email blast? How do you communicate with your members? Yeah, so there's a number of ways. Um, you know, we do kind of have a bi-weekly newsletter that we do and we do it originally, we did it in two cities and then we collaborated and did one. And then again, Edmonton is quite different from Calgary. So they're like, well, we don't, we don't want to know about Calgary events (laughs) (laughs) on ourselves. So they're in their own little world. Um, so now we've split it out again, but you know, we we do that bi-weekly um, and keep them connected. We put articles. Um, we don't have per se a membership, um, but we do have what we call a loyalty program, which is a savings program. Um, so anyone can come to our meetings anytime throughout the year. Um, but we do follow up with the newbies and we do have a referral program. Oh, cool. So that's really in 14 years, we started with 27 people. And right. now, like you said, we have about 1500 in our database. Right. So and all of those people can come when they're available. It's not my schedule. And then again, we, um, we follow up with them on a regular basis. If we haven't seen people because we really feel that the strength of our group is coming on a regular basis. Sure. Because we all know it's about no like trust. And if you come to a meeting two times a year and you're like, no one's talking to me, no one's engaging me, no no one's using my real estate service. It's because they don't know you. Knows you. Right. Exactly. You know, that's, you know, that's the thread that weaves through and, and our, our membership has, our, our participants have been really great in that, we typically have 75-25. So 75% of the people at each luncheon is our regulars. Right. And then 25% is new. So it's a great churn. It's always a new churn of people. Right. So we love that. And we do engage them. And if we haven't seen them in a while, we do reach out and okay. say, where have you been? Right. And our most successful stories are people who have branched out the first time they've ever spoken is at one of our meetings, which is a safe environment. We say we put the net in networking and it's a soft place for people to land. It's, it's non-judgmental, it's safe, but some people just can't come anymore because they're so busy. Right. Well, that's a good, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> now you mentioned something really important and that is, and I'm going to ask Jeffrey specifically because you know, Every single one of you here is a savvy connector. So you've either connected myself with somebody in your network that you think would be great for the Share Your Stories platform. Um, but I'm going to ask, how do how do we reciprocate? Like, how do you reciprocate within the collective? Because it's really wonderful to meet these people and wonderful to say, okay, you know, I'm going to collaborate with someone in a different city. But 
how do how does the person who runs the organization what fills your bucket right so jeffrey how do you get people to provide referrals to you is there a certain is a certain mode of communication that you prefer or is it just random and happens organically it's a little bit of both there, but there is a method to the madness because as everyone's been pointing out, the challenge is everyone is so busy and you can have a great connection with someone on that one day. They really like what you're doing, but out of sight, out of mind, out of mind and they yeah. forget about you. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning for a moment. For most people in their community, in their organization, I mean, who doesn't want to help somebody? Of course we do. We want to. That's how most of us are, are wired. And so from that perspective, the, the challenge is, well, how do I cement myself in a particular space? So when someone who I just met is speaking to a business owner who wants to grow the business or at one point sell it, oh, you know, Jeffrey, you should speak to Jeffrey. Let me introduce right. you. Right. And so that's done through a, a number of ways. Again, old school reaching out. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you doing? Haven't spoken to you in a while. Let's, let's catch up. We also happen to do a, a weekly email that goes out and we take some of the research out of the marketplace and just give our spin on it so we're in front of them that way we also have a podcast a deep wealth podcast that goes out twice a week and so we encourage people to subscribe so it's really you know you, you can have the best solution in the world but if people don't remember oh, you yeah, that's right then they're not going to be beating the path to to your door so part of it really is okay how do i provide value because on the one extreme you're not doing enough on the other extreme We've all been there. You get 30 emails and it's like, oh my God, you know, yeah. it's a little, little bit too much. But it's finding that balance of providing yeah. value in every interaction and just enough of them because studies show it's always changing. But, you know, somewhere between seven to 12 outreaches before someone really starts to remember, recognize and say, ah, okay, for, for this particular area, it's so-and-so. That's the expert. Now, Victor, uh, Sabrina, you've done some wonderful, wonderful things in terms of follow-up because I've been on your podcast, you've been on mine, and I actually got a few really great tips from you on using that sort of Calendly app or whatever calendar app that you're using that will send out messages following your discussion, which I think is really great. But I'm going to ask, do you have a uh, you know, a VA, a virtual assistant, somebody who helps you out or, or are you like me and sort of the chief cook and bottle washer? Like, you know, how do you manage your time in addition to being able to service your client? Yeah. At the moment, um, I have one, one woman who works for me about 10 to 15 hours. Um, my podcast and my audio, my video and all of that is taken care um, of by somebody but all of the interactions, all of the networking, all of the setting up, um, all of the front end of the podcasting, my clients, my masterminds, everything is solely done by me at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I am at that cusp, right? We all hit that cusp yeah. of like, we need to let go of the control, but like, it's our baby. So I'm right there at that cusp right now, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as what Jeffrey was saying, as far as... Wait, what was the question that you had originally asked? Because I had something to say to that. About Je to Jeffrey? Not to Jeffrey, but what was the question you asked to Jeffrey? Oh, it was about how do you make a connection that's um, valuable between the, the person that you're is referring and, and you as the business owner? Yes, thank you. So the, to add on to what Jeffrey already said, because it's brilliant, um, 
I do, I try my best to continue to bring people back towards me. So uh-huh. what you were talking about as far as the emails go, uh, everything that I do is me bringing them back. So, and not bringing them back to make a sale, but bringing them back to remind them of who I am. And it's not, I don't send emails like to tell a story. I send emails asking them to participate with me in something. So a continuous lineage of, you know, more of what, can, what else can I do for you? What else can I do for, what, what else can I do for you? So I work in the mindset of give, take. So with everything, give, get is actually what I say. Give, get. So GG, um, what can I give you? And then what can I get from you? So every single time I'm on the phone call with somebody, with anybody, I'm always searching in my mind of what can I give to this person with an automatic knowing that when I give them something, there will be that karma effect automatically because we're humans of them realizing that they need to give me something. So it doesn't always work, right? Where it's a 75% chance. And then there's also another percent chance that they won't follow up with what they said they're actually going to follow up with. But about 50% of the individuals that I um, communicate with on that basis, there is a give get. And the way that I work my email, as far as it filling up quickly uh, is, Uh, I don't have any pressure on myself to do anything because the pipeline is endless. So I, it's my job as an entrepreneur to fill my pipeline. It's nobody else's job. So it doesn't matter how long it takes me to get to an email. I just need to make sure that it's full. And I think that that is the number one step with any entrepreneur who's on the basis of like, they have to create their own income is like the pressure of getting back to everybody is not a thing in my head, my pressure is, are there emails dropping in that are potential clients? Oh, that's a really good point. Because, you know, one of the things that we do when we go to networking events, whether they're virtual or in person, and so whether we're handing out business cards, or we're we're making one to one meetings after the event, the connection is what's really important, right? Because, you know, we're all in, in business in one way, shape or form. We, you know, we all have to put food on the table and a roof over our head. So if we can help each other, I love the idea of the karma, you know, and the serendipity, right? Because yeah. if you help me, then I'll help you. I mean, yeah. I think that's a really valid point. And that's probably what Jeffrey was talking about. You know, he was saying we all stand on the shoulders of other folks who have been before us, yeah. which is really all about the legacy, you know, of what we're doing in terms of business, which I think is really important. And, you know, one of the things that we that I think it was Jeffrey that mentioned was talking about mentorship. And one of the questions I'm going to ask is, do you think that in today's day and age with um, the various different ways in which we try to connect with people, do you think that there's mentorship and entrepreneurship? Is there a valid place for mentorship and entrepreneurship? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'll just jump in there. And uh, to me, entrepreneurship is mentorship. The, the two are really inseparable. And again, I'll look to myself. I mean, as a kid, got right out of school and started my business out of my parents' attic, had no idea what I was doing. And it was really from the kindness of strangers who took me under their wing and helped along the way. And I, in turn, pay that forward and, and continue to do that because, again, how do you master something that you've never done before? And so for me, an, an entrepreneur, broadly speaking, business owner, founder, it's how do you find painful problems that you can solve for other people? But under that umbrella is also people themselves. And it, it could be a stranger. It could even be a client. It could be someone on our team. 
And it doesn't, for me, it doesn't necessarily have to be just what I do and business related. It's life mentorship uh, as well, because, you know, personal and business to me, I don't, uh, they're, they're integrated. Yeah. Whoever said business is personal, never had a business before. So me mentorship uh, for me is, is a huge part of the entrepreneur way of life and, and, and doing things. Anyone else want to comment on, on their uh, individual networks? Yeah, Debbie? I think it's really important um, because the ladies in our room, um, you know, they have <clears throat> the experience. I think we have a responsibility to our younger they generation. Um, you know, times are changing. We're all learning together. But, you know, it, it's it's kind of learn from what the the road I've taken. And I, I think parents are very much like that too. They, they want the kids to take a, a better road or not make the same mistakes. And I'm very involved here with the Haskane uh, Business School and they have an entrepreneurship uh, class and they always do pitches and stuff. And I just love seeing those fresh faces and their ideas. And, you know, we just had a pitch session last week and they are just like sponges. I mean, you know, the thing they would listen, they they want to learn, and it's just motivates uh, you know, my generation for sure. It's not keeping it a secret. I think it's our responsibility to to at least give them the information. Right, right. What about you, Vic Sabrina? Well, how do you feel about the whole idea of mentorship and entrepreneurship? Yeah, uh, my whole business is built, built on, on it. Yeah, yeah, it's built on uh, one saying, and the saying is, "You know something that I don't know, and I also know something that you don't know." And the only way for us to really rise as a culture, rise as females, is for us to get into the room, and for us to share our knowings. And as we kind of sh fill those holes, is kind of my visual that I have of those knowings that we have. We can all rise. Um, in our understanding of, of culture, of society, of relationships, of health. And so, yeah, I'm always in the mindset of, even when I'm here, I'm writing notes. I'm like constantly learning. I'm constantly right. putting myself um, in the uh, seat of a, of a student. So I'm going to ask each of you, uh, if do you feel that there's a leadership quality that has now become more important than ever in terms of our ongoing business success. Because we all know that, you know, having the ask, asking for help is one part of the equation. Asking for business or asking for the sale is another part. But what, what leadership quality do you feel that we all need to share or exemplify within our networks in order to be successful? Sabrina? I'm not, I'm kind of doing mine out of curiosity and I'm sure I'm not the only person that has ever done this, uh, but I run my leadership in the form of we. So everything that I do and every time that I'm speaking about the community that we are building, um, I take myself as yes, the voice or maybe the face, but it isn't me. And I know Jeffrey right. kind of said something similar, yeah. like this is not about me. This is about us. Right. That's that's a really wonderful point. What about you, Debbie? How do you do, what what leadership quality do you feel we need to uh, demonstrate? I totally agree with Sabrina. I mean, yeah. one of the things I had written down was selflessness um, and passion. Yeah. I mean, you can't bottle that, but it's just a natural thing that um, you know 
to be passionate about something and to and also to lead by example mm-hmm. um, is really really what I think leadership is. You know, that's such a that's such a wonderful point, because one of the things that I do when I'm talking about mentorship to folks is I say there's three different kinds of mentors. Right. And one of them is just seeing and experiencing someone else in your community that you may feel that you'd like to exemplify at some point in time. Right. I mean, it's it's making that human connection. I mean, and Sabrina's uh, business is all about making a human connection. And I don't think that that Debbie's or Jeffrey's is any different. Like we're all trying to make really valid human connections. So Jeffrey, what leadership quality do you feel that we need to exemplify moving forward? Yeah, you know, being the last one here, I have some big shoes to fill, some great answers <laughs> given. But what, you know what, what I'm going to pivot to, which to me really weaves everything together, uh, because I, I'll just use the analogy, if, we're, if as leaders, we can't really help mentor or be our best for other people if we're not looking after ourselves. And, and so for, for that, I'm going to use the word focus because today more than ever, and, you know, don't get me on this diet travel, you know, on, on the soapbox. Look, the, the, the challenge today is we have very sophisticated and smart AI algorithms that are all vying for our attention. Pick, I'm not going to name the, the uh, mm-hmm. different apps out there. You know who yeah. they are. Yeah, and, and they all vie for our attention. They're really divisive with society and, and what they're doing. But putting all that aside, we can't, I can't be a leader if I'm distracted, if I, my focus is being stolen. And a great book, Stolen Focus, uh, you can read all about that and, and what's going on behind the scenes. So for me, as, you know, as I think about this question and as a leader, it's my responsibility, it's my duty to really ensure that my focus isn't being robbed by different distractions. And if you're taking away those algorithms from AI and these different social platforms, you know, even putting the phone on mute and having do not disturb kind of time. And, uh, you know, another great resource out there, Cal Newport and deep work with deep thinking, no relation to deep wealth. Uh, but, um, you know, all, all that said, I, I challenge myself as a leader. Okay, Jeffrey, how can you really get the thoughts and the creative and all, all the heavy mental lifting in without distraction so you can be of value right. to your community and to the people that you're serving? And in general, I'm going to throw this out there. How many of you feel that your individual communities contribute to your business success in terms of a percentage? Is it, I've heard, you know, 75, 25, you know, we all go by the 80, 20 rule. We've heard some great statistics that, you know, seven to 12 connections before we we're actually going to be able to have a one-to-one. So in terms of your ongoing business success, Do you feel that your specific community, building the community and the social impact that you're having on that community, how much do they contribute to your overall business? Would it be 80-20 or is it 90-10? I'll I'll, uh, throw throw it out there. I'm going to go to the extreme. I'm going to say 100%. Me too. Wow, Wow, that's fantastic. Me too, yeah. You know, my, my business isn't me. It's really the people. I'm nothing without the community. They're the ones that are going through, in, in our case, a nine-step roadmap. They're growing the business. They're giving feedback. Hey, this worked really well, but this didn't. What do you think? Can you help right. me with that? And it's only through their investment in their time, which is the most valuable resource. We only have 1,440 minutes, all of us, in, in a day. Yeah. So it's the community that really leads the way. That's what gets me out of bed every day. Okay, how can I help? How can I make a difference? And it's from the feedback that, that I'm receiving. 
Yeah. Sabrina? Yeah, I would say the same. Um, granted, there are businesses that could run off of not much of a community, but I do think that when you start to build a community, like have a, a fan club of people, you know, people will name their fans, you know, certain things um, and these, and then they have more of a connection to that brand. It could even right. be a restaurant. It could be a, an Amazon. It could be anything um, where people feel more of a connection because now they have a name for their group or a name for whatever right. it is. So, you know, I run the way that I run my community. My community is my business. So for me, I would go with Jeffrey and say a hundred percent. And Debbie? I think that was a light bulb moment for me. And I have to agree. Um, for sure, without the community, we don't have anything. Isn't that so, the truth? Um, you know, they, they are, uh, I always say with my business partner, we only know and we only meet so many people in our, in our lives. Right. It's our community that has actually built the community. Right, right. That's a really wonderful point. Now, one of the things that we do, you've all participated in the guest blog, you've all shared your individual business stories. And one of the things that we do is we ask for three words of advice in the guest blog. But on this particular panel discussion, I'm going to ask you for one word of advice. So for the viewing and listening audience, the folks that have, you know, hung in there and, and been writing notes on all these wonderful tips that we've been providing, what would be one word of advice that you would provide for those who are, are joining us today? Sabrina? Perseverance. Oh, I love that one. That You know what? That is so true. What, what is the statistic? It's always when you're at the tipping point that 90% of the people say, ah, I can't do this anymore. And then they give up. And if they'd only hung in there the extra 10%, they would have been able to realize their goals. That's a really wonderful yeah. one. Jeffrey? I'm going to say curiosity. Be curious. Because, you know, that... Yeah. It's so easy. It's just the human condition. I'm going to think about me, what's good for me. But when we're curious about other people, it takes us out of what's in this for me to, hey, how can I help this other person? Right. And that curiosity, I mean, that's where the magic happens. That's really the that's art so side of life, the art side of business. It's a wonderful area to be in. That's, that's so true. And I love that uh, you actually, Sabrina mentioned curiosity earlier on. So how wonderful that that's become your word of advice. And Debbie? Listen. Oh, that one's really hard for me. I'm always in there trying to talk my way out of or into things. That's a really good one, though. I, I'm not saying I live by it very well, but it, it's a good word, and it's a uh, one I need to learn myself. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. Any parting comments? Does anyone want to add anything that, that they have found that's been really unique in building your own community and the impact that you've had with the various folks that you communicate with? I'm always surprised at the connections. Um, and, you know, we physically see that because we're physically in the room. Right. But I'm always surprised. And so is my business partner. We're like, hey, those people are collaborating. Like, who knew? Like the collaborations that happen in our room, which is really the foundation of our room, sure. is amazing uh, how people get together and just the most unlikely people have partnered and gotten together and it's really awesome to watch yeah for sure jeffrey uh, you know i've been sitting here and uh, you know very humble to be with such a terrific people and as as i've been listening to your your stories 
what's really coming to mind for and, and my takeaway as well, and I'll, I'll share it with everyone as well is, hey, be curious about what what's your superpower. Every one of us has superpowers. So Debbie, Sabrina, your superpower, your connectors, you found that gift. You were born with that, and you've now taken that gift to the world. And you're sharing it and you're changing lives and, and you're really making a difference. And so for all the viewers, all the listeners, hey, what's your superpower? Everyone has a superpower. And forget the imposter syndrome. You've got it. Find it and then take it out to the world and be that change maker. You can do it. You have it. Everyone, all of us, we have it within us right now, today, ready to go. That's so true. Sabrina? Um, I'm going to just focus on what this is about, which is networking. If you are not in a network, if you have not created your own community, um, be curious about yeah. what it would look like and how you would do that. And uh, all it takes is just pulling the people who comment the most on your stuff and getting on a phone call with them and saying, Hey, I have this idea for this thing and I don't know what it looks like, but what do you think? And you have three or four of those phone calls and create it. It could be anywhere. It could be in a chat. It could be in a Slack. It could be in a group. It could be one-on-one -on -one where you meet somewhere monthly. It could be anything. Um, but you know, what works for you in your life and what would that look like? And that's where the fun comes in. I mean, when you're like talking to people and networking people and being able to big, you know, dream big and, and have vision, that's where like the spark, that's where the ignite of just amazing collaborations and amazing companies come from. So I'm going to be safe for those of you listening that maybe aren't plugged in somewhere. Get plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> Get plugged in. Well, I'd like to thank Debbie, Sabrina, and Jeffrey for joining us today because I think you shared some really awesome uh, points. You know, it's all about making the human connection and I, I love the sense of gratitude and giving back that we all have. And we certainly appreciate your commitment to storytelling and sharing your expertise when building a network while making positive contributions in your own community. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, thank you for having us. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. And if you'd like to connect with one of our guests, you'll find their stories and contact information in the description portion below. In the meantime, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Business Mentorship Keeping It Real. Or if you're on the move, our podcast is found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to meeting you next time in another episode of Keeping It Real. Thanks again, everybody.